G'day everyone. Welcome to the latest podcast episode from Markham's Invisible Strengths series. Today we're looking at warehouse floors. What are the challenges and what are the options? I'm Brad Fulcher, project consultant from the Sydney office and joining me virtually is Ben Dell from our Perth hub. Ben, let's hear from you. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Uh, yeah, I head up operations and sales in Western Australia. Um, been with the company for three years now. Uh, in that time, been exposed to a wide <clears throat> range of projects from new construction through to old uh, structures that we've remediated. Yeah, thanks for having us on board. Hope we can uh, have a good discussion about these warehouse floors. All right, that's, that's great, Ben. So you've got a world of expertise there. Uh, so let's um, start thinking about new warehouse floors. Uh, what are the challenges we need to think about when designing or putting in new warehouse floors? Uh, there's a variety of different um, challenges that are, you know, warehouse floors are faced with. Obviously, your live loads or your storage loads, um, either or either, can be a big issue when designing a slab and the durability of the floor. So how long the floor is designed for really in its service life needs to meet the um, design life of the structure itself. And that is where we probably play a big part in extending that. Sounds good. Okay. Well, so give us your worst case scenario then that you might have seen. What, what happens when concrete isn't durable? So what we've seen um, in a couple of scenarios that we've remediated post-pour is cracking and delamination. So your top or your surface of your concrete slab has come loose and come off. And once that blowout happens, you end up with an ex more an exponential rate of deterioration through to um, that area of the slab not being usable. And also if the, if the slab isn't um, protected from the outset, you end up with a pretty, well, a sped up process of wear um, and deterioration, which causes dusting. Um, anyone, well, whether it's so-called a fabrication warehouse or something like that, where you've got people working on it fully, uh, that can be an issue these days with silicosis and also with sensitive, if it's a storage warehouse and you've got sensitive goods stored in there. That can be an issue also. Yeah, good. Um, I'm guessing also it's be costly and um, time consuming to remediate these slabs during an operational period of the warehouse. So good to get it done right the first time. So yeah, that's, that is right. And that leads into a few different areas. So you've got shutdowns for repair. And when you are repairing a slab, you can never get it back to its original state. And from then on, you'll have problems with that slab. There's just a couple of points to note there. Yeah, exactly. So what are the common methods uh, that you see being used to, to help this in the industry? The most common ones are probably paint or surface epoxy coatings. Whilst these are good when they're operational, they don't last. So you generally only get a certain amount of time before, depending obviously on what the, um, the facility is used for, but these only usually last for a certain amount of time and they need to be replaced, which is another costly exercise. 
removing existing and replacing. Um, shake on hardeners, once again, these will only really last for a time um, and they do put stress on the slab when applied at time of pour um, because they are competing with the moisture that's in the slab to produce what they produce, the densifying the surface. And that's really the problems with these things. They're only, they're only a surface, so they're only protecting the surface of the slab. They're not integrally right through the slab or set up within the slab matrix. So they can be damaged or removed pretty easily. Now that sounds important to make sure that the, the hardener or whatever you're using will, will um, last a distance. Just on that, with a, a deep penetrating treatment, what, what would you recommend? Uh, we've had a lot of success with our hydrogel treatment. We get penetration up 150 mil into the concrete. So you've got 150 mil of the concrete matrix that is fully protected. So in the event that if it is used heavily and the concrete itself is physically removed by a structure or something happening to it, the slab itself is still protected. So with this penetration, and the hydrogel setting up that far into the concrete or the slab itself. You can think of it pretty much like we're embalming the concrete. Um, so it is protected, whatever happens. With the hydrogel treatment, if applied early, um, so at curing stage or same day as pour, it has a curing benefit. So it's equal to having your slab wet cured for 14 days. Um, obviously reducing shrinkage cracking, and bleed water porosity, keeping that. Um, basically what we do is turn the moisture in the slab into a hydrogel, thereby locking it in the slab, giving your concrete or your cement particles maximum hydration, which in turn gives you a far more durable slab. So we're basically giving the concrete the best chance it's got from the outset. That sounds perfect. Uh, with our curing, we've always said in many Concrete industry leaders always say that uh, durability starts with curing. I just noticed actually the other day um, an article by Burrell Concrete where they um, compared curing with a water cure compared to just air curing. And the, the concrete um, that was air cured had about half of the MPA strength of the properly cured concrete. So it just points out how, how important that is. It is a pretty integral part of the whole process and I uh, don't know how to put it into work, but at that stage of the project on the day of the pour, it is a very easy um, part of the pour really to overlook um, because you've got the premix supplier who supplies the concrete, obviously the concrete placer who does an excellent job of that. But they, once they finish placing the concrete, curing is not really on their radar. Yeah, brilliant. No, definitely good to point that out. Next note, what sort of warranties does this carry for the asset owner or the, the builder? Yeah, so good question. If we are supplying and applying our hydrogel system, typically 15 year warranty, we like to take control of the application just so that we know the system has been applied in the correct manner, to the correct specification, the right rates have gone on, then we can, uh, that just leads us to confidently hand over a warranty for you know, 15 years. But once it is 
applied correctly at time of port and set up in the concrete, it really can never be removed. So unless the concrete itself is completely destroyed, our system will be in the concrete. Nice. Well, what about um, compatibility issues? Uh, you often see um, some curing compounds being removed at the back end of a project before they can um, do line marking or any paints for zone demarcations. Uh, yeah, what can you say about that? That is a good question. And we probably get asked about it every project. Um, there's many different types of adhesions, paints, surface sealers that get applied to various areas of um, a warehouse. And what we generally find with ours, because it's, well, it's our hydrogel system's colloidal silica based, so it's of the cementitious family, we're not adding anything foreign to the concrete. Um, so what we're adding really produces more of what concrete is. We generally find, and we have done a lot that I've worked on, is they end up with a better adhesion because the surface isn't dusty. We've given them a dense surface to adhese to with either their paints um, or surface epoxies and that kind of thing. So it actually ends up a win-win for the client. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, things are only as strong as what they are sticking to. So what about safety? Um, you've done a lot of these applications over in Perth. Yeah, so we've um, worked pretty heavily lately with the Green Star Council of Australia. Um, all our products are nil VOC, so they are completely safe to handle. There's no um, health risk or anything like that. There's also no risk to the environment as well. Uh, there's some other products on the market, crystalline silica, the chlorinated rubber also, which are highly hazardous and dangerous to the environment and to the user. So what our product aids in is providing that safe, really a safe um, scenario for the applicator. So at time of application, and then also throughout the concrete's um, life, there's nothing hazardous that's been added to the concrete. that's gonna affect anyone further on down the stream. And we are working, I believe at the moment, as I said before, with the Green Star Council to be able to provide um, or help work towards the Green Star rating um, when we are involved in a build. That's great. There's a lot of more and more Green Star builds coming out, which is great to see. Uh, it's great to hear your enthusiasm, Ben. Uh, it's been great being with you. Thanks very much for going through that with us. Um, and to all our listeners, get in touch if you like any more information. Our contact details are at www.markhamglobal.com. Uh, jump on there. There's plenty of information and downloads available. Have a look around and please ask us any questions you might have. Have a great day and do not miss our next episode coming up next.